Hey guys, if you are struggling to stay focused, I get it. With everything that's going on in the world right now, it feels a little bit like Groundhog's Day. The kids are always here, and so there is no difference between Monday and Saturday. And it's one of those reasons that I want to make sure that you guys know about our Start Today brand. Start Today began with my Start Today journal. Several years ago, I came up with this product for myself that would help me to practice gratitude and to make sure that my goals were crystal clear in my mind as part of my morning routine. At the beginning of this year, I launched my priority planner, which was a way for you to take the biggest goal in your life and break it down into bite-sized pieces so that you could actually start to make traction. So if you have not checked them out yet, oh my gosh, go to starttoday.com and check out our newest line available in Target stores all over the US and of course at target.com. If you know that right now you need to stay on task, you need to stay on target, please check out these products. I think that you will love them as much as I do. Starttoday.com or target.com to start today the right way. the rise podcast i'm rachel hollis and i've built a multi-million dollar media company with a high school diploma and a google search bar each week we'll be sharing tangible direct advice or inspiring interviews with the same intention these are the tools to change your life On this week's episode of the Rise Podcast, I'm sharing an excerpt from a recent keynote speech I gave. I had the opportunity to speak to a room filled with business owners, and I wanted to talk about the reasons that we as entrepreneurs don't get as far as fast as we think that we should. One of those reasons other people's opinions, worrying about what someone else thinks, what customers will think, or people on social media will think, or our mother-in-law will think of us for having goals and dreams for our life. I thought since our week on Last 90 Days is all about this topic, I would share the actual steps that you can take to get past this thing and keep it from holding you back. Shout out to our friend Brendan Burchard who invited me to speak at Experts Academy and for sharing this audio clip so I could share it with you. All right. The second thing that is why you are not where you want to be right now. Because I have something called OPO, wait for it, other people's opinions. Uh Uh-oh, here we go. Let's dig into this. This is the only one that I actually like pulled apart in really finite detail because I was like, if I can just get them to give this thing up, it will change everyone's lives. So this manifested for me. I was a blogger. I had a lifestyle blog and we existed off of influencer marketing. We did white label content. I had a team of five. We were building something really great, really proud of my team. And I had children and I had this business 
and it really started to bother people um, that I was a working mom. Who gets crap for being a working mom? Curious, who gets crap for being a working dad? That's what I thought. I, I have a hard time believing you, sir. I just feel like you just wanted to raise your, were you stretching? Were you praising the Lord? Okay, great. So, um, so I was building this business I was really proud of, but we had crossed over a threshold, just to be totally honest with you, we had crossed over a threshold where we no longer needed my salary to support our family. So when we first got married, poor as church mice, working together to make things right. Uh, and then Dave's career started to grow and grow and grow and explode. And then all of a sudden, if I wanted to, I didn't have to work. Now, when I was working, when we needed the money, it was incredible. People were proud. Look at this thing you're building. Look at how you're supporting your family. Anyone have that in there? Great. Nope, just you. Okay, you and me. Cool. Um, then we didn't need the money anymore. And now I'm selfish, right? Because, well, why wouldn't you stay home with your kids? Why wouldn't you want to be with your babies? Why wouldn't you want? And I was like, man, I just spent so many years building this business to the play. Uh, we're just getting traction. We're just starting to make good money. We're just starting to do these things. And everybody else wanted me to walk away from that because they wanted me to be the kind of woman that they are or the kind of mom that they are. And I couldn't do it. I couldn't give up on the business. I couldn't give up on the dream. And so I did what so many people in this room are doing right now. I pursued my dreams for myself in the dark. Does that resonate with anybody? I will chase down my dream. I will do the thing I wanna do so long as it doesn't inconvenience you in any way. I will show it for my family. I will throw the biggest, most elaborate Thanksgivings. I will do the toddler birthday parties that we can put on Pinterest because I wanna prove to you I'm a good mom. And that's when I started to have anxiety attacks. Who here has anxiety? Here's the question that I always ask people who are struggling with anxiety. Who are you trying to please? Because I really believe that a lot of our anxiety comes from believing that we need to be somebody different than we are in our core. So for me, I am an entrepreneur born and bred. Who is a proud entrepreneur in this room right now? I love it. I love the puzzle. I love trying to figure it out. I love learning new things. I am super freaking proud to be a, well, Dave now is with me on this journey, but for the longest time, I was a woman-owned business, and I was so freaking proud of what I had done. That's a big deal. Do you know, who, who are my women business owners in this room right now? Love it. Do you know that 2%, 2 freaking percent, of women-owned businesses will ever break a million dollars. 2%. I was really freaking proud of what I had built, but I didn't want anybody to be mad at me. I didn't want anybody to dislike me. I didn't but want anybody to call me into question. So I started having debilitating anxiety attacks. I would go to work, I would function, I would take care of the kids, and then I would get in bed at night and cry 
cry and shake under the covers. And Dave, because he was like, I don't, I don't know how to help you. I don't, I don't know how to fix this. I don't know what's wrong. And I'm like, I can't tell you what's wrong. I don't know. I just know it's bad. And I handled anxiety by drinking. Who here drinks to deal with stress and anxiety? There's like, everyone's like, I just know. It's okay. I would come home every day from work, and I came from, from, from this very busy job to these two toddlers. And here's the thing. This is going to resonate with both the moms, but I think especially some dads. I kill it at work. I am so freaking good at work. I can be on. I can create the content. I can write the words. I can take the pictures. Getting home is hard. Who pulls in the driveway and they're like, you know that thing that Brenda talks about, the release thing? <laughs> Anyone ever sit in their car in the garage and like, release, 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 release? <laughs> no, just me? Okay. <laughs> so I'd get home from work and I would pour a glass of wine. And if I had that glass of wine, then I might not scream at my kids that night. Does that resonate with anyone here? If I could just have a little bit to take the edge off. Here's the thing, y'all. You can't yell and amen and raise your hands at me for the good stuff and not have the courage to do the same thing when we're talking about hard things. Come on. I know I'm not the only person in this room that goes home and immediately pours themselves a glass of wine or has some vodka or does something because they think that if they can put that alcohol in their mouth, then they won't hear their dad come out of their throat. That they won't hear their mom scream at the kids. And so I did that. Every night I would come home and I would drink. And that's fine for a while, except that one glass of wine doesn't cut it after a while. Then you need a glass and a half. Then you need two. Then you're waking up every single morning of your life with a headache and you don't have the guts to admit that you're hungover. That's how I dealt with anxiety. And I realized that I was getting really close to having a drinking problem, like a legit alcoholic drinking problem, because to me, the trigger is when you go from, I want a drink to, I need a drink. Fill in the blank with whatever your personal version of coping is in an unhealthy way. And so I decided to go to therapy because I didn't want to have to have this be my journey. And I went to a lot of therapy and what I realized was I was a horrible, like, oh my gosh, so horrible people pleaser. Where are my people pleasers at? Oh yes, let's go to church. Y'all, we are doing a community-wide challenge and it's totally free and I am challenging you to join us. It's called Next 90 Days, as in how can we be intentional, thoughtful leaders for the next 90 days? We're going to need our community. We're going to need accountability more than ever. So I want you to head over to thehollisco.com slash next 90. 
That's thehollisco.com slash N-E-X-T nine zero and join us. Every single week, Dave and I will be teaching on a different topic, things like perspective or reaching for joy or dealing with anxiety in these crazy times. We are going to give you so many free resources and surround you with community. When we did this at the end of last year, we had 650,000 people sign up and we feel like it can be bigger than ever. Come together in a community of like-minded people and let's learn how to choose our mindset no matter what is happening in the world around us. So, this is how I got over caring what other people think. Which, P.S., we for sure are going to turn into an e-course, which I just figured out in the front row yesterday. Because I was like, what's the number one thing your people care about? I'm like, other people's opinions. And then I thought, if I could teach them that, I will be a billionaire. (laughs) Nobody steal that idea. I've already trademarked it. No, I haven't. Okay. (laughs) Here's how you get over it. Number one, I want you to look practically at what is actually happening. So let me explain this. There are two kinds of other people's opinions, hypothetical and proven. Okay? hypothetically is if you have not heard someone come up to you straight up to your face like a Drake song, tell you the thing that you're pretty sure that they're thinking about you, it's hypothetical. And the problem is most of y'all are letting hypothetical opinions rule your lives. You are pretty sure that your cousin Crystal's comment on Facebook was about you. (laughs) I know her, I know what she's thinking. You're pretty sure that those people are making fun of you. You're pretty sure that your MLM is bugging your friends on Facebook. You're pretty sure, but you have no proof. Therefore, it's all in your head. Most of the things that you're afraid of right now are in your head. How many people are afraid right now? They're like, no, they for sure, Rachel, you don't know. They're for sure judging me. You know someone's judging you. You know, everyone's perfect. We're good. Okay, great. (laughs) So you have to ask yourself, is this real or is this imagined? And I don't even care if past behavior says that it's likely, doesn't matter. When I went to see that therapist, I got one of the greatest gifts I have ever been given, which subsequently I put into a book that has subsequently been turned into a quote that goes all around the world, and I get tons of credit for it. And it's not my quote. It's my therapist's quote. She said, Rachel, someone else's opinion of you is none of your business. Do they love you? None of your business. Do they hate you? None of your business. Doesn't matter either way. When you can free yourself from someone else's perceptions of you, it changes everything. So if you right now are drowning in the hypothetical, you need to snap yourself out of it and get back to work. Because here's the thing about other people's opinions. This is an excuse. This is another excuse that we give ourselves for why we can't get where we wanna go. Hypothetical opinions. The other kind of opinion is proven. Someone really actually tells you that you're a jerk. 
someone actually tells you that you're a bad mom, either in person or because they're trolling you on Instagram or on Facebook, who's experienced that fun before? Yeah, I got you, sis. Straight up, they tell you all the reasons that you suck. Guess what? They're an <laughs> They are. They are. That's the answer. We will pray for them. But they, look, sorry, that is probably that's the first time ever in my career that I've cussed on stage. But Brendan cussed so much yesterday, I was like, I feel it. I feel like I love Jesus, but I cuss a little. I'm getting in on this. Here's the thing. If they are an why would you care about the opinions of an you guys? Why? I, I'm curious. Why? Who here has had someone tell them something, either a troll on the internet or someone they know, has said something about the business they're building, the dreams that they're pursuing, the person they want to be, who's actually had someone say something to them? Wow. You guys are surrounded by jerks. <laughs> and did you let it deter you? <laughs> Come on. Look at these A-plus teacher's pets up in here. <laughs> Look at these high performers. No, no teacher. I went right back to my work. I served the world. Come on. Even if you didn't let it stop you from doing what you were doing, you let that energy get in. You let it jar your momentum. Because if you didn't, you wouldn't remember it right now. If you can bring it up, if you're like, yeah, they did attack me. Yeah, they did say mean things. It got in. And the only thing I can tell you, because people would say like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It does. I had a woman last weekend who waited in line for an hour at a book signing. You know, most of the time you're like, people are only mean on the internet. This is the first time someone waited in line for an hour in a book signing and then came up to me and said, I mean, I actually hated your book, uh, but my friends liked it, so, you know, thank you. Can I get a selfie? And I, I'm standing there, and there's 100 people in line behind her. And I, I want to be respectful to her because I'm like, well, she's, I don't know, maybe she's drunk or, you know. <laughs> maybe she got it confused. She read someone else's book, and she thought it was mine. Um, but I was so startled, and I took the selfie because I'm like, what am I going to do? Like, Elber, I don't know what to do. So I took the selfie, but she walks away, and the whole time... I'm now taking pictures with all of these other women, and all I can, it's just in my head, I hated your book, I hated your book, I hated your book, to my face. And God, it hurt my feelings. It hurt my feelings. And so I know that it's easy for people to stand up here and be like, it doesn't matter. You're a human. All right, guys, I'm going to grab a quick cup of coffee. And while I'm gone, check out some of the awesome products that we have coming up this season from The Hollis Company. Guys, Rise in Minneapolis sold out. 
our annual women's conference actually sold out in 27 minutes. We know, it's kind of insane. And if you are one of the people who so wanted to go, don't worry, we are adding another date. So save the date, July 18th through the 20th. We have no idea where, we do not know what state. We literally chose the only weekend I had free in the summertime. And you guys, it's gonna be epic, so stay tuned. my feelings. It hurt my feelings. You're a human and, and my skin is so much thicker than it used to be, but stuff still gets in. So the question is, how are you going to respond to it when someone does or says something to you that hurts? What are you going to do? Are you going to take it? Are you going to let it throw you off? Because here's the deal. Every single time that we're starting to get great momentum, do you ever feel like that? Like every time you're like, man, I'm killing it. Someone comes out of somewhere. Someone's got a comment. Someone's got something. To, and you're like, oh man, wow, that really, that really threw me off. I, because I grew up Pentecostal, my Mima would say, well, the devil is coming to get you. <laughs> but I do believe, no matter what your faith is, I do believe in my heart that when you are out in the world trying to do good things, that bad things will try and take you down. That's just real. So you have to have a plan of attack the next time that that happens for you. Here is something that I have done um, that this is, this is maybe gonna be a little, I don't know if this is controversial, I'm gonna tell you what I've done. The, so I wrote, um, Brendan said the book that's been really successful is my sixth book. My first book I wrote and we put it out into the world, and I had self-published it, and I would go on Amazon every day. I'm sure none of you have ever done this. I would go on Amazon every day, and I would read reviews, right? And the first, like, 30 reviews you get, because it's like, your mom, your sister, your neighbor, your kid's kindergarten teacher, you're like, I am amazing. I mean, holy crap, am I a writer. Wow. So that was me every day. I'd log in. I'd be like, okay, and this is where I left off. Five stars. That's beautiful. And then one day, I got my first one-star review. <sighs> she called my book trite and vapid. Not that I remember it all of these years later. Trite <laughs> and vapid. And I went into such a shame spiral. Immediately, I was like, She's right. I am a terrible writer. Why did I try? This is trite. It is vapid. It's stupid. And that was stage one. You know, there's like stages of grief. This is like stages of like writer grief or creator grief. First one is 100% they're right. Stage two, people actually just went to take notes. I'm making this up. This is not a real thing. <laughs> Don't write this down. Someone like, <laughs> next year they'll be like, stages of writer's grief. I'll be like, dang it, I should have done something. Okay, <laughs> stage two was, I thought, you know what it is? She doesn't know me. So if I, if I find her on the internet and I become friends with her, <laughs> then I can explain to her what I was trying to do. Then, then she'll like my book, because I'm a people pleaser, remember? So I go through all these crazy whatever, and then I thought, like, just snap out of it. And I thought, oh man, if one bad review can throw you off this badly, close the laptop and don't ever write again. And so I made a decision that day. I have never looked 
at another review for anything of mine since that day. Not good or bad. You don't have to clap for that. Oh, look at me. I'm so good. No, because here's what I realized. The only reason that I was going to read the good reviews is because I wanted validation. The only reason I was reading the good reviews is because I wanted the validation to keep writing. And if I need that validation in order to create, then I'm not creating from the right space. So I've never looked at another review since then for anything that I've ever done. My husband obsessively checks them. He'll have days where he's like really pissed. And I'm like, God, you get on Amazon again, man. Like, don't do it to yourself. It doesn't matter. The thing is, I hope that, I hope that everybody, I hope that y'all, I hope that anybody that picks up my books, I hope you love them. I hope that you find something in them that resonates with you. I hope that they make you laugh. I hope that they give you courage. I hope that they give you advice. But I didn't write them for you. I wrote them for me. I wrote them from the place in my heart that always wanted to be an author. I wrote from the 11-year-old girl who wanted to, to create something, who wanted to see her name on a book. That's what I write for. I write because I have characters in my head that I want to get on the page. That's why I write. I write because I have a God-given ability to do so. I write because I live in a country that allows me the freedom to do that. To be able to create is a gift. And if you are trying to create something because you want it to be reviewed well or because you want it to be able to be received well or because you want more fans, you are doing it for the wrong reasons. So stop looking at your reviews. Second thing, we're still on other people's opinions. I know you're like, wow, we've been here for a while. Um, Here is something that really changed my perspective of other people's opinions. And I know we hear this all the time, like you are the five people that you surround yourself with most. We hear that all the time. But here's what this looks like for me. I was able to change my opinion of what other people thought of me by hanging out with two kinds of friends. The first kind of friend was someone who was further along than me in the area that I wanted to be in. So let's say I want to um, train for a marathon. Now, if I wanted to train for a marathon and I went and hung out with my family, who is severely obese on both sides, doesn't work out, and also when they don't understand something, they attack it. Anyone have family members like that? And if I wanted to talk to them about training for a marathon, how much momentum do you think I would have from that conversation? And somehow we do this all the time. Instead, if I, which we did, we had, there was a guy on Dave's team at the time who had run like 25 marathons, and we started talking to him about it. Hey man, how do you train? What do you eat the night before? What kind of shoes should I buy? What schedule should I be on? And because he had done it, because he had gotten further down that trail than I had already, he was able to look back and be like, oh no, you're fine. Keep coming. Oh, it's supposed to hurt this bad. So having a friend that's further along than you are down the trail who can tell you it's gonna be okay. Brendan is one of those friends for me. Brendan is the guy that you text and you're like, oh, this reporter just, published this really horrible article. And he's like, oh my gosh, happens all the time. It's totally fine. It's normal. 
being with someone whose perspective is different can change your perspective. That's the first kind of friend. The second kind of friend that you want to find in your life, I would like to just use the letters that I wrote down in my journal, which is a friend, D-G-A-F. Who knows what that means? Ask your neighbor. Doesn't give a flip. So I have one of my best friends in the whole world. She was so proud of herself. She did not give a crap and still doesn't what anyone thinks of her or what anyone thinks of what kind of woman she's supposed to be or what anyone thinks her hair is supposed to like or what anyone thinks that she's supposed to dress like or be like or speak like. And if you hang out with people who are that confident in themselves, guess what happens to you? If you are struggling with other people's opinions right now, I'd love to ask you, who's in your circle? And are they the kind of people who struggle under the weight of what other people think? I wanted to talk about the idea of being a people pleaser, because I know we have a lot of them in the room, and this really resonates under this idea of what other people will think of you. Where are my people pleasers again? Great. So I struggled with this for a really long time. And, you know, going back to that earlier story, when I was having the anxiety attacks and I had to go to therapy and I did all of this work, what I started to understand was I was having anxiety attacks because I was trying to be two different people. I was trying to please everybody and I wanted to show up for them in the way they wanted me to show up. And then I would go to work and try and be who I really was. And the most powerful thing that ever happened to me in my entire life was realizing I was at a personal growth conference and I'm sitting in the stands and I had this epiphany moment. I was like, God made me this way. He made me this way. See, there's this thing that happens to those of us who have big dreams and big hopes and want to do crazy outlandish things. There's this thing that happens where society or our family or our community or our friends try and tell us all the reasons it's wrong. And when someone tries to tell you all the reasons your dreams are wrong, what it feels like is these are all the reasons that you're wrong. And so for me, I had these big hopes and dreams and I beat myself up because I kept thinking, should I want to stay home with these kids? But I had this anxiety, right? So I was standing in this personal growth conference and I had this moment where I thought, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, we're, we're all made differently. Our creator makes all of us differently. And to assume that I should be the same as a woman on the internet or the other moms at school, to assume that I should do things just like they do them is denying who my creator made me to be. One of the most powerful understandings in my life, but that didn't mean that people would suddenly accept me just because I had learned to accept myself. And so here is what I know to be true. When we are trying to please other people, what we are trying to do is to get love. We are trying to get love by living a certain way for them. And I just want to encourage you right now, you can never, like every single time that you're doing that, every single time that you are doing something that's um, not who you are really inside, you are giving away pieces of yourself. 
You are trying to buy their love by paying with little pieces of yourself. Here's my ambition because it bothers you. Here's that book that I wanted to write since I was a little girl, but you don't like having to watch the kids on the weekend. Here's, um, here's the way that I dress. Here's the way that I look. Here's the way that I speak. Here's these dreams that I have in my, you keep trying, trying, trying to pay for someone else's love with yourself. Listen up. You cannot ever pay enough to make yourself worth someone else's love. Someone loves you because of who you are, full stop, full stop. They love you because of who you are. You deserve love because you're a human being. You are worthy and enough as you are today. And if you keep chasing what they think of you, if you keep giving away parts of yourself, you will never step into who you were meant to be. advanced reader copies of Girl Stop Apologizing are officially out in the world, which means for the first time ever, people besides my editor are reading my new book. And I can't wait for you to read it too. I wrote Girl Stop Apologizing because I wanted to give women permission to do just that. Stop apologizing for who you are. Stop apologizing for the dreams and goals and hopes you have for your life. The tagline for this book is a shame-free guide for embracing and achieving your goals. So if you have big audacious dreams for your career or great fantastic personal goals for yourself, this is the book for you. It comes out March 12th and you can pre-order now on amazon.com.